Hey guys, what's up? It's Faith from faithmariah.com. Welcome back to another episode of my Blogging Breakthroughs podcast. This episode was originally a Q&A that I recorded in my Blogging Breakthroughs Facebook group. I hope you enjoy it. If you have questions for me, please come join the Facebook group. I would love to have you in there. I'm here to support you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help answer any questions that you have. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hey, hey guys, sorry, I'm just pulling up your questions. Give me one momento. Let's see what people are saying. Let's see what you guys need. I'm gonna try and knock these questions out. I hope you guys are having a good day. If you guys watch the replay, leave me a comment so I know you guys are watching these. I keep thinking like people are gonna run out of questions or not want to watch my videos, but people keep watching them. If you guys keep watching them and finding them useful, I will keep making them. Okay, Chrissy. Chrissy says, how do I go about setting up my business account for payments from affiliates? I know most companies pay through PayPal, so I should set up, a, so should I set up a business PayPal account or my personal PayPal account to receive payments? When I sign up to be an affiliate, they ask me for a business name. Do I use a DBA or my first and last name? I need to know how to properly set up my blog to run like a business. So come tax time, I'm prepared with the right information. Do I need a PO box so my private, private address is protected? I need to know all things business side of blogging. Okay, Chrissy. I'm gonna speak to this. I'm not a business expert. (laughs) You guys, I feel pretty qualified to give you mindset advice and spiritual advice, but like business advice, I have a business and I'll tell you what I do, but I don't claim to be a business expert. So just keep that in mind as we answer this question. So I didn't have any like business stuff set up my first year. I just did, what was it? where I like an independent contractor, I guess, on my taxes. There's a way when you do your taxes, they'll ask you like, do you have any other income? And then you say, yes. You say, I'm a blog. I have a blog. I made this much from the blog, you know, from this, 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 and this. And that's how I did it. So I didn't have an LLC or a business account or any business stuff set up um, until much later on. And like, you can do it either way. I don't think like you need to set that stuff up right away. If you're not, if you're making like under $10,000 a year, I don't think it's that big of a deal personally. Like, well, what I said, like I'm not a business person, but I know a lot of people do things more legit than I do them. So if you want to set them up, you definitely can. I'll tell you what I do. I have a business checking account. I have a PayPal account. Um, I get deposits into my PayPal account. I put them into the business account. Um, I use QuickBooks self-employed. I just tag everything, anything time I buy my expenses or whatever, I tag them so they're all in the right category. So come tax time, everything is already basically done. Like all everything is already in the right categories. If I have questions about like, I don't know, I want to double check something and make sure something is in the right category. I um, use, I use TurboTax. So when I go on TurboTax before I submit, I just ask an accountant over live video chat, you know, I have questions about this, this, and this, or like I put this in this category, is that right? and they answer your questions. So that's how I do like my taxes. I don't spend a lot of time like thinking about that stuff to be honest with you. I have an LLC, so I'm a limited liability corporation. I wouldn't have even done that, you guys, honestly, because I don't, if someone sues me, like what are they gonna take? Like I don't have anything. (laughs) But I did end up inheriting a little bit of money and that's what I used when my grandmother passed away and that's what I used to buy this house. And so when that happened, I got an LLC because I wanted to make sure that I could protect the house because especially because I, it's very sentimental to me because it makes me feel connected to her and I have like 
you know, a big emotional connection to that. And she left me that money and I want to make sure it's protected and that I take care of it. So I got an LLC when that happened. And, but if I hadn't had the LLC, I probably wouldn't have even, if I hadn't had the house, I probably wouldn't have even done that. Cause like you sue me, what are you going to get my laptop? Like, I don't have like anything for you to take. <laughs> So I know some of you are like more grown up than I am and probably have assets and stuff. But yeah, I have an LLC, a limited liability corporation. I paid like $200 for a company to do it for me. They did all the paperwork. Um, they set it up for me. And then I, once I had the LLC, I was able to go to Wells Fargo and, and get a business account. So I, I set up a business checking account and I basically keep my money and business money separate. I think the more you can keep your money separate, the more protected you are and the better off, like possibly, I don't know, getting in trouble wise you are. <laughs> so that's what I do. I mean, it's really basic, right? Some companies pay me out by check. So I just, you know, use my phone and I deposit those into the business account and then I pay my expenses and then I pay myself and whatever else I need to pay out of the business account. And that's how I do it. So pretty basic and pretty simple. I'm trying to think if there's anything else business-wise I do. I don't know, even know what a DBA is. You know, I'm not a business person. Like I'm just, I run a business, but I'm not, this kind of stuff is like not my, my wheelhouse. Um, I do have a PO box. I, um, I have a un ex unhealthy relationship situation where I do not want that person to know where I live. And so it was really important to me when I filed for an LLC, if he were to look up my business or me or something online that he would not be able to pull my address. So I have a PO box because of that. If I hadn't had that, I probably wouldn't have done that. But for safety, I think it's a good idea to have a PO box. I think I pay like a hundred dollars a year for it and I use it, you know, I have it on my Instagram. If people want to send me stuff, if, if companies want to send me stuff or, or whatever, I have everything sent there and that way if someone pulls up my LLC or my business stuff, it, it doesn't go to my home address. Doing business as if you make your business name different than your personal name. Oh yeah. So I just have the companies pay me as, um, it's the business account is in my name so they can pay either way. They can pay radical transformation project or they can pay me. So it doesn't matter. So I have them just still paying me by my first name because that's how it was when I, when I first applied to become an affiliate, I didn't have a business account. I just had them pay me out. So, um, yeah, the way my checking account is they can pay me either way. I just have like a business checking account from Wells Fargo. Um, and yeah, that's all I do. I like these nitty gritty details. That's what I do. I mean, I don't have like a lot of great like business, like this kind of stuff, like business stuff is like, I just try to keep it as simple as possible. I just try to make it easy and simple. I try not to get hung up on it because this kind of stuff is the stuff that will trip me up, right? Because I'm a creative and I'm a spiritual, I consider myself like a spiritual entrepreneur, right? And that like this kind of business stuff, these nitty gritty things will trip me up. Like this is the kind of stuff that will slow me down, right? I'm always telling you guys like, don't lose momentum, like keep going, keep going. This kind of stuff is the stuff that will keep like slow me down. So I'm very conscious about just not making it a big deal and just taking care of it and moving on and doing it as easy as possible, right? I like, I hardly ever pay anyone to do anything for me, but you know, I pay, you know, I'll pay someone to look over my taxes, I'll pay, I paid for them to do my LLC. It's just that kind of stuff like really slows me down. And I'm like, 
it doesn't excite me at all. I know some people are into it and it excites you. And if that makes it feel fun to you and it's like, I'm setting up a business and this feels legit and it's really fun. Like, that's awesome. Like go through all those details. But for me, I'm just like, I just want to be able to do my thing and think about this as little as possible. <laughs> I see like, as I grow my business, like out way out in the future and it becomes bigger, I see myself hiring like a CFO or someone to just do all of the business stuff. And I would just be like the creative director. That would be like my eventual vision for my business. So I would never even like have my hands in any of this if I had my way, <laughs> you know, but it's important as business owners, we know our strengths. Like I recognize that about myself, right? Like I know I like, this is not my my strong suit, right? And it's important that we recognize that as business owners so you know where to start hiring things out and where to start delegating things and where to start investing money and where potentially stuff can trip you up and slow you down. Does that make sense? Hey, okay. I like the nitty gritty details. Yes, I'm happy to share you. If you guys have questions about business, like I'm very transparent with you. I'm happy to share with you what I do. It's just like a lot of times I feel like it's not that impressive. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I have a business account. I have an LLC. That's basically it. <laughs> that QuickBooks self-employed is my kind of saving grace. It keeps everything straight for me. If you're not like a business person, you don't want to keep spreadsheets. You don't want to keep all that stuff. I think QuickBooks self-employed is like 15 bucks a month. And it's amazing. Like it'll show you like, here's your profits. Here's your expenses. Here's your stuff. You can set up your reoccurring stuff in there so the stuff i pay for every month like tailwind canva whatever all my expenses that hit every month it automatically categorizes everything so you can once you categorize something once you you can tag it so like you know next time this this expense comes in it just categorizes everything it's all done you know the only time i have to go in there and mess with anything is very rare and it, i feel like i have a good it gives me like a good overall view of what's happening in my business without having to actually do anything, which is really good for me because I would never sit down and probably look at those numbers otherwise. I, I'm like not, I'm not good at like, I, I'm like embarrassed to admit this to you guys, but I have no idea how much money is really coming in or coming out like in any given time. Like I know that the, I know that bills are paid and I know everything is fine. And so I just kind of am like going, I just don't, that kind of stuff is just, it slows me down, right? If I start looking at all that stuff and looking at the numbers, it just will like cripple me. And so I'm just like, I just have, I have too much work to do and like too much stuff to, to be bothered. And I guess that could be considered bad. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you how it is for me, right? I definitely would not advise you to do that. But if you are like me, I definitely think investing in an accountant or in something like QuickBooks self-employed where it's like that stuff is taking care of like, so that way, if I want to know, I, I can go on there and it'll show me like, you know, here's your expenses for the month. Here's how much money you've brought in this month. It's, it has like a really nice little dashboard so you can get an overall picture of what's happening in your business. So yeah, that's basically it. You guys, I wish I had more to tell you, <laughs> but I don't, I, like I said, I wouldn't take business advice necessarily from me. I'm, I know like I'm happy to share with you guys what I do and I'm happy to answer any questions you have, but you know, Okay. Hey guys. Okay. Hey Rose. All right. Tiffany says, is there a strategy that you use to determine what information you give out where? I'm specifically wondering about what to put in a course, what to write a blog about, what to write an email about. I haven't launched my blog yet, but I have rough drafts for my blog posts, but I'm concerned about what content I will put in my course. 
if it is all in my blog posts? And how do I then create even more content for emails? I guess I usually like to work backwards so I can see the whole picture first. So I almost want to create my course first before I launch my blog, even though that is not the recommended technique. Okay, Tiffany, here's what I'll say about this. As far as content, I'm just so funny you asked this because I'm about to like record a module. I'm making a course um, that is about mission and avatar and content creation. And I'm hoping that it will be in the ultimate bundle, the Genius Blogging Toolkit in the fall. So I have to make it and then submit it to them and see if it gets accepted. But I was just talking about this like literally on that module before I came on here. But the thing is, is like, if you have a strong message and you have something that can help people, you can say the same message over and over and over and over and over again. How many times have I come on live stream? I say the same things to you guys every week. I don't have new things to say. I don't have new things to tell you guys every week, right? But like, you know, my messages are like, you know, follow your heart, go big. You know what I mean? Start now. I come on here and say those same three things over and over and over again, right? And you guys come on here and watch. And I do the same things for the people I follow, the people that inspire me, right? Like I follow Gabby Bernstein a lot. How many times have I heard Gabby tell the same stories over and over and over and over and over again? People need you to share your message and your stuff over and over and over again, right? We need to hear it over and over again. And even I'm going back through courses I've done now the same exact information, the same exact course I took three months ago because I need to hear the information again. The exact same thing, not even like said in a different way, literally the exact same thing. So it's okay to say the same thing. So I don't want you to feel like when you have to make a lot of content, you don't necessarily have to have something new to say, right? You just have to have a way to to say your message on a different platform. Does that make sense? That's how I make so much content and how I'm all over the internet all the time. You know, I just have my core messages and I just say them all the time to whoever will listen. And the people that need them come and listen and the people that don't go on, you know what I mean? So that's the first thing I'll say about content. So you should really be telling your stories, telling your same messages, saying your same things over and over and over and over again. You should, like people aren't listening to you the way you are, right? I hear myself talk all the time and I'm like, Jesus, like, you know, I say the same things all the time. This must be so annoying, but no one else is on my Instagram and my email and my blog and my live stream and my podcast doing all this stuff all week, like me, right? And no one is listening to all of it. We just pick little bits and pieces up, especially your free content. People aren't going to be super invested in your free content. So the difference to me a lot of times between the courses and the free content, it's not that I have something mind blowing to say in my paid courses, like obviously I'm gonna provide you a lot of value and it's gonna be something you can sit down and learn something and take something away from without having to weed through a hundred blog posts, right? So I'm condensing the information that way, but you're much more invested when you have money on the table in a course, right? So when I invested in EBA, which at the time I think was $800 when I invested in it, and that was all the money that I had. <laughs> I invested all of the money I had in EBA to launch my blog and then continued putting all my money into this blog. I was really invested in that course. I did every freaking lesson. I watched every video five times. I printed the workbooks. I was like in it. If that course had been free, I would not have been invested in it and I would not have gotten the same results. So 
that's really, really important to realize when you're trying to sell things because people get hung up about wanting to charge money, but you have to get people to invest in themselves to take the work seriously and actually do it. And you have to charge people money if you're going to get them results. You have to charge people money if you're going to get them results. Your free content will never get people the same results as your paid content will, ever. Because they're not as invested in doing the work as when they put money on the table. You have to get them to invest in the work to get them results, right? So it's not that you have to have something like completely mind-blowing that is brand new, you know, to put in your course. It's just that it has to be, you have to be getting people some kind of result in a course. They need to get some kind of result. They need to have some kind of transformation and you need to walk them through it step by step. And the difference is really, it's not that EBA has information in it that I can't get for free on the internet. EBA doesn't have anything like mind blowing in it. It's not, it's like step by, but it's a map, right? It's like step by step by step by step. Here's what you do, right? So that's kind of the difference. It's like your your free content can have the same messages in it. And then your course is like, I'm going to walk you like step by step by step by step through this process. We're going to do it together. I'm going to do it with you. Here's what you do. Here's the support you need, right? You can have a Facebook group. Here's the support you need. I'm going to I'm going to support you through the steps. I'm going to walk you through the steps. Whatever your course is, right? So it's not that you have to have brand new mind-blowing content. Does that make sense? But people will get a better result even if you say the exact same thing on your blog as you do in your course. People will get results when they invest money. They won't get results from your free content the way they will from paid content. It's just not how our human brains work. It's just not like, you know what I mean? So you have to have paid content to get people results. That's why it's important. When I started, I like didn't want to have products. I was like, I don't want to sell anything. Like I feel so guilty and bad and like all this stuff. Right. But I realized I can't get people results if I don't have paid products. (laughs) People can listen to my podcast all day long. They're not going to get the results in their life as they will from a $70 course because of the investment, because they're emotionally, when you invest money in something, they're a lot more likely to be emotionally invested. They're a lot more likely to invest their time. They're a lot more likely to take it seriously. And they're a lot more likely to get results. And that's what I care about. I care about getting people results, right? And if we care about getting people results, we have to be putting out paid content. So let me look over this this question again, because it's a long question and I got off on a tangent. Oh, she's asking about, okay, so I actually think this is smart, like to work backwards. And I'm doing this right now, like on my Radical Transformation project in the fall in my launch calendar, I want to launch a single girl survival course. And it's going to be like a course about dating with a positive mindset and dating from an empowered place and it's going to have like a breakup survival part and I want to like put out this course now I am not a dating coach (laughs) right I don't have the audience for that right now if I launch that right now people some people would buy it because people like me and know me there's people in my audience that will just buy whatever I put out right you know thankfully but I don't have a big audience for dating, right? So what I'm doing right now, I haven't even made the course yet, but I know in my mind what it's going to be. So I'm making content that's going up on Radical Transformation Project that is 
dating related, that's relationship related, you know, and I'm going to make a freebie that's related to dating, right? And I'm going to start talking about dating and I'm building an audience so I can eventually sell this product. So you can do that, right? You, you can do that later on. You can do that from the beginning if you want. If you know you're going to sell a course, if I knew I was going to sell a course later on about anxiety or I knew I really wanted to teach people about this or I wanted to get people, you know, what transformation do you want to take people through? Like what results are you going to get people? If I knew I was going to make a course about anxiety later on, yeah, my blog content would be about anxiety. My freebie would be about anxiety because then when you launch your product, you have the audience, you know, all this stuff with the free content, you're just building the audience so that way you can get your, you know, paid product in front of people that care about it, right? So you don't want to build an audience. If you're going to, you know, if I have my list built around anxiety and then I launch a course related to nothing, like cleaning swimming pools, I don't know. Like these people, they're not going to buy it. <laughs> so you have to want to make sure you build an audience, you know, that's going to buy the stuff you want to make. So it's really about like, what are you wanting to say? What do you want to teach? What do you want to help people with? You know, and if you don't know your product yet, that's fine. Like I waited so long to start my first product, you guys. And I was so scared and so put off by it and like so freaked out. I did like Ruth's like she has you do like a seed launch. I was so freaked out by that. It was terrifying. It was probably one of the most difficult things I've ever done to ask people to pay me, right? Because I had I had to get over all these issues of like self-worth, right? I had all these weird self-worth issues coming up around people paying me and giving me money for my work because I had been volunteering and working for free basically my entire life. So it was a really big mindset shift for me. So I hope that helps. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you can work backwards and you don't have to make the course, right? I'm not, I'm not making the dating course first. Right. I, but I know it's going to talk about dating and talking about dating from an like an inspired place. And so I'm making content that will appeal to single women. Right. So I'm I'm I don't have the course. You don't have to make the whole course or build the whole course out. But you're I know in my launch calendar what I'm launching every month for the rest of the year. Right. And so I'm always kind of working backwards like that. That's how I do it. I sit down. I'm going to make a, a video about this, I think, about how I do all, do all this in like Trello and Google Calendar and everything. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. Like you can do it however you want. All I do is like I look each month and I'm like what I make a list of things I want to make of things I want to sell. And then I pick like the top however many I figure out what affiliate launches I'm going to do because I don't want to be selling stuff constantly. Right. I want like, you know, I only want to sell something really like once a month or something, maybe not even that often, honestly, sometimes. So, and then I just pick one of those products for each month. I just go January, February, March, April, May, June. I just take one of the products off my list and put it under, under each month, right? And that way I have in my mind, you know, oh, like this is coming out in the fall or I'm gonna do this goal setting course or I'm gonna do this dating course eventually. I have that in my mind. So I'm keeping that in my mind while I'm making my content. Does that make sense? So in that way, like I am kind of working backwards, I guess, you know, and then I'll, you know, before I launch that dating course, you better bet your butt, like, I'm going to be talking about dating on the podcast, I'm going to be talking about dating on the Instagram, I'm going to be talking about dating and, and, and all these different things all over on all these different platforms, because I know in a month, I'm going to launch a course about dating, right? And I want to talk about it. It's something I'm really excited to talk about. And I think I have a lot to say on it and a lot of good advice to give people. So I hope that's helpful. Okay, let me see what you're saying. LaDonna, I'm there right now with creating a product. I've got to get past asking people to pay, but I know it's something they want. LaDonna, I'm going to yell at you, girl. <laughs> if you have something 
that can help people. If you have something people need, if you have something people want that will make their lives better, that will make them happier or feel better, you know, whatever, it is your responsibility to get it into the world. It's your responsibility, right? You have to get over that fear. And I had to go through this too, right? Because I didn't want people to pay me because I had all these self-worth issues of people paying me and not being worthy and all this stuff. But it's like, I have to get people to invest in themselves to get results. I can't get people results until they put money on the table and invest in themselves. So I have to charge. I also have to be compensated. Go listen to my like rant about money that I did the other day that was like <laughs> like a real serious rant, right? But I have to be financially supported to have the impact that I want. If I have if I don't charge money and my site closes, I will help no one. If you don't start making money and you're doing all this work for free, you will help no one because you will get burnt out. You will get burnt out because doing this blogging stuff is so much work, right? It's so hard. You're going to be working and working and working and working and working. How long are you going to be able to do that without making any money? And then your site closes and you help no one. You help no one. You have to make money. We have to be financially supported for our work, right? I'm doing this right now, a radical transformation project. I'm doing a huge push right now to expand my income because I recognize I have to hire staff to get where I want to go. I have to hire people. I just hired my first assistant. And as soon as I hired her, I was like, this is the way, right? I could see my way forward for the first time in a long time, right? If I want to have a massive impact, make a lot of money, help a lot of people, change people's lives, I have to, I have to make money to make that happen because I can't pay the team that I need if I'm not making money, if I'm not making money, right? So to me, this is very black and white. The more money we make, the more people we help, right? I went on this whole rant the other day, so I'll spare you guys from that. But if you need that, go listen to that. If you need money mindset stuff. So good and very true. Yeah, people have to invest in themselves. People have to invest in themselves. If they, you give them, even if you're doing crafts, if you give people a craft for free, they're probably not gonna do it. <laughs> It's gonna, we all have this, right? I have a file on my computer of free stuff that I have downloaded that I have never looked at. Who has that? How many of you have that? Be honest, right? Most people, when you give them something for free, are not going to use it. But if they pay $7, they're like, oh, like I'm gonna do this craft because they're invested in it. They've invested in it, right? They put money on it. They're like, you know, it. there's something about financially investing that makes people a lot more likely to get results, right? So that's how I've kind of gotten over this is like I tie in my mind, the more money people pay for something, the more results they get because the more invested they are, right? Do you understand? Like when I invested in EBA and I put all of my money on the table, I was so invested in getting my $800 back. It's embarrassing to admit, but I was like, that's all I wanted when I started was just to make the $800 back when I made an EBA and that I had invested in the blog, right? But I was like so determined to do it. But if that course had been $50, do you think I would have sat there month after month after month after month working and working and working through that course? If that course had been $50, I got results because I paid money. That course got me results because it was expensive, right? Does that make sense? Because my investment, my investment is higher. I'm willing to invest more time and energy when I have invested more money. Does that make sense? So you guys, if you give things away for free, you're actually 
like you can give things away for free. You guys know I give away a ton of free content. I give away hours and hours of my life on the internet every, every week for free, right? So you can give things away for free, but if you don't have any paid products and you're just giving away free things, you are not getting your audience the results that they need, right? Even if you're just selling crafts, they're not gonna sit down and do your free crafts, most likely. They're a lot more likely to sit down and do your crafts and do your things when they've paid money for them, right? So if you want to get people results, you've got to be charging them money, period. Does that make sense? Okay, okay, that was my rant. Go listen to my, LaDonna, if you haven't listened to my live, I think it was yesterday. My timeline is so screwed up this week, you guys. I think it was yesterday I went on this like money mindset rant. Go watch that video because I go a lot more into like money and making money in your business. Okay, Sheree, honing in on your message, tagline, avatar, what have you. I loathe the idea of niching down, but it's everywhere. It makes me feel like my vision can't be accomplished. Okay, <laughs> I have like a lot of thoughts about this too. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> Sheree, there are people on the internet making a ton of money with non-niche blogs right? With just mom blogs. What is that even? I don't know. They write about all kinds of different stuff. Look at like Carly Campbell has like 20 topics on her blog. People love it. People follow her. Her content is great, right? There are people with very niche down blogs, right? That, that only write about one thing that make a lot of money. So it's not about there being a right way. Like people have this idea they're going to find the right way and then it's going to be easier. Like, oh, if I do it this way, it's going to be so much harder. And if I, if I pick the wrong niche, it's going to be so much more difficult. And it's just not, that's just not the case, right? It's like, you have to pick what's right for you and what excites you. So what is, if niching down does not feel good to you, don't do it. <laughs> you do not, you're going to be writing this blog, right? For years. This just happened to me recently on Radical Transformation Project. I was like, I don't want to talk about depression anymore. I've been talking about depression on the internet for two and a half years, right? And so I broadened out. You can always change your focus. If you start wide and then you're like, actually, I'm really passionate about this topic and my audience really likes it. You can always niche down or niche out. You guys, this stuff is not like you're not marrying these decisions, right? In the beginning, people get so tripped up because they want to make the right choice. They want, they're like, I want to make pick the right niche because somehow that's going to make it easier or somehow I'll be able to find success if I pick the right niche. And that's just not how it works. It just doesn't, it's like the thing that is right for you is the thing that you're excited about that you want to do. Because if you pick some niche that you're not excited about, do you think you're going to be able to write every day about that? For I And I go on multiple platforms every day. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook Live, podcast, you know, and the blog and email every week talking about mental health. Do you think if you niche down into something and you're not excited about it, you're going to be able to go on five platforms every single day and talk about it? Like, that's what the job is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So not that you guys have to be, you don't have to be everywhere. You don't have to do your business the way I do it, right? There's people that have no social media that make plenty of money. You're, you know, find examples. You guys find examples of people, you know, that have big blogs that are making a lot of money. You need to show yourself what's possible and don't let all, there's all, and all these people are trying to sell you sell you stuff and they're trying to be like, oh, you know, niche down, like make so much money because they're trying to sell you stuff, right? So, you know, be smart. It's not that they're, they're I'm sure their stuff is great and it's very helpful for a lot of people. I'm not like bashing anybody, right? But it's also like, you don't need to listen to anybody else. You know, there's so many ways to do this. 
I've said this before. I have a friend on Instagram that doesn't even have a website. She makes multiple six figures. It's just like, you know, and then there's people with no social media and they just have a website and they're making multiple six figures. And there's people that only talk about knitting and they're making plenty of money. And then there's people that have like 30 topics on their blog and they're making plenty of money. There's so many ways to find success. So it's really about what's right for you. It's not that there's a right path to success and none of those paths are easier. There's not one way that is going to be easier where you're going to find success so much easier than another way. So there's not really a wrong way to do it. And you can change, right? Because you're not marrying this idea. You can change as you go, right? I'm narrowing out now. Other people are narrowing down. Like, you know, it's just you're able to adjust. So you don't have to get hung up on these choices. You just have to pick something. It's not about picking the right thing or the wrong thing. It's about picking something. This is about making decisions quickly. That's what this is about. Does that make sense? So it's not about right or wrong. It's about making a decision and going forward. Okay. I haven't heard it and I'll go listen. Yeah, LaDonna, go listen to that live stream. I actually think it was like, I went on like a serious rant, but it was like, I think it's one of my favorite things I've ever said in this group. <laughs> I just like went on this like epic rant about making money and making your blog, your blog profitable. Um, so I hope that's helpful. Let me read the rest of her comment. And there's always going to be these trends, right? Like right now, niching down is like a trend on the online space. You know, before it was like email funnels. Everybody's got to have email funnels. And like, you know, there's all these like different trendy stuff. You know, just keep your head down and, and do the work that you're called to do. And when you need help with something, obviously hire someone and invest in all that stuff. But you don't need to get caught in this hype. I'm so guilty of this. You guys know, like I have the worst FOMO. That's why I've bought literally almost every high ticket course there is. Because anytime there's a big launch, I just can't stand to be left out of it. <laughs> So I've done it all. <laughs> so I'm a sucker for this stuff. So I get caught up in it too. But you don't want to get caught up in that hype, right, of all these trends online. You just have to keep doing your work and what you're here to do and answer your calling and serve your people. Okay, the next part of this question says multi-passionate here. Yeah, that's great. And this is the other thing I think about niching down is like, it's not confusing. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, is it confusing if I talk about depression and anxiety and intentional living and healthy eating and dating? Is that confusing? Like, no, it's just me being me. People are just following me because I'm talking and being myself, right? So you can just, if you're multi-passionate, have a personal brand, just be your brand, right? I'm kind of, I've like kind of transitioned Radical Transformation Project in a lot of ways to a personal brand, right? People follow because they want to hear what I'm saying. It's not a, necessarily even about the topic so much anymore. And you can do that too. It's just like, get online, be yourself, talk about the things you're called to talk about and people can feel that energy from you. I wanna write about family travel, parenting, biracial children, mom wellness, etc. Everything falling under the motherhood parenting umbrella. But everyone says, <laughs> she has a shrug emoji <laughs> and I'm all angry face emoji. <laughs> That's not confusing to me. Like, do you think people can go and like people can go on your blog and be like, oh, she's a mom that has a family that likes to travel that has biracial kids. Like, what is confusing about that? <laughs> it's like, you're not doing, you're not doing like, I don't know, horse racing and car building. <laughs> like, you think there's other moms out there that have biracial kids that like to travel? Like, of course there are, you know what I mean? Or even if they don't have biracial kids, I'm sure they can relate to other parts of your story or to the struggles that you have raising those kids in different ways, right? In their own ways. Or maybe they want to hear 
about that because they've never been through that and they're interested in it for whatever reason, right? Maybe someone in their family just adopted and they want to know what it's like, you know, raising biracial kids, you know, and I just think, you know, that's not confusing to me. That's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't see the problem with that, right? But you guys know, like, I'm not a rule follower. I'm not someone that's going to get on here and tell you guys, you have to do this and do this and do this and do this, right? I'm never going to do that. I am always going to tell you, follow your heart, follow your soul's calling. What are you here to say? If you're here to help biracial families and talk about living a great life, right? Traveling is like a great way to, you know, for your kids and a great learning opportunity, a way for you to grow closer. Like if you're here to like help biracial families have great lives, then talk about that. <laughs> like, you know, niche down for what? Like that's not confusing. You know, it's just, I don't know. I say go, I think you should do whatever you want. And then if you want to niche down later, you can always niche down. You're not married to this. You are not married to this. This stuff changes. It will change. Make a decision and go forward, right? Not about right or wrong. It's just about making a decision and making a decision quickly. You gotta practice being a CEO. When you're a CEO, you have to make decisions, you have to make decisions fast. That's why CEOs make so much money. They've gotta make a lot of decisions in a short amount of time. They look at the information and then they decide, right? So act like a CEO. Look at the information and make a choice and go forward. And then if a month down the road, you're like, actually, this is way too broad, I need to niche down, then niche down, right? You're not married to this, you can change it. You can change your mind, but you have to move forward. <laughs> you can't let this stuff get you stuck. Um, Laura says, I'm wondering if I'm starting a mental health blog Ma, more as a sufferer than a professional, just how personal do I get in the initial post? Okay, Laura, I have a mental health blog. My mental health blog originally started not about me at all. It was just anonymous tips and tricks about depression. I didn't have my face on it. It didn't have anything about me on it. I wasn't like connected to it at all. Um, and then later on, I started... <laughs> just, I don't know, doing what I do now. You guys know what I do now. I just go on the internet and talk all the time. <laughs> so, so, but I think I, I never share things as I'm walking through them. Does this make sense? So I share a lot of personal things after they have happened, after I have processed them, right? I just talked about my friend that was murdered this last year on the anniversary of her death. She was killed when she left an abusive relationship. I just told that story and that happened five years ago, right? That's how long like it took me to be able to speak publicly about that. So, you know, and that's like an extreme example, but it, I don't recommend you like, <laughs> like overshare on the internet, right? That's not my vibe. I share pieces of my journey and pieces of my struggle as a way to help my readers and I make it into a lesson or a story. But you don't have to share things that you're not comfortable with. You don't have to share things that you're not comfortable with. You don't have to share things that you're not ready to share. And most of the time, like, you'll feel called at certain times to talk about certain things or to tell certain stories, right? And I always believe that that is divine guidance. It's, it's the universe telling me someone needs this message. It's time for you to like speak on this, you know, and maybe I didn't have the skills to speak on it before. Maybe it wasn't the right time to speak on it before. Maybe I didn't have the right audience to speak on it before, but for whatever reason, you know, the universe is guiding me now to speak on this topic. And I always talk about what I'm called to talk about. I don't care if it's in my niche or not. Right. <laughs> like, you know, I have a blog about depression and I'm all like talking about domestic violence and leaving abusive relationships. Like, you know, it, because I'm called to speak on it, not because it's in my niche or I think it's going to make me a lot of money. Right. Like, I'm not going to make any money talking about that, but I don't care like, because I'm called, right? So 
this is about like you and getting clear on what you're comfortable with, where you're at on your journey. And there, I am on the internet and I share a lot, but there's a lot of things that people do not know about my personal life. There's a lot of things that are personal that I keep private. And I'm very intentional about what parts I share and what parts are kept private, right? There's things I'll tell, sometimes I'll talk about like, you know, the other day on my Instagram, I was telling people, you know, I had a bad day. I'm walking through a hard time, like, you know, send prayers or whatever, but I'm not telling them what's happening necessarily in real time. I might tell them in a couple weeks, like after I, it's not as upsetting or difficult or whatever, or I might not, I might choose not to speak on that. So there's a lot of things in my life I don't share. You don't have to share everything, right? So this is about like what's best for your audience and what's best for you. Does that make sense? So you can have a huge impact and never really share like that personal of things. Like there's lots of people like Brene Brown, you know, she talks a lot about research and she shares some funny stories, but she's not necessarily talking about trauma and like bad things that have happened in the worst parts of her life, right? So you can have a huge impact and share things that are lighthearted. You can have a huge impact and not share. It's not about like necessarily sharing the deepest, darkest, like ugliest parts of your life, right? It's about sharing what your audience needs and taking those lessons the lessons you learned from the darkest parts i don't talk about a lot of parts of my history i have like a lot of history with domestic violence with people in my family having drug abuse you know a lot of dark things that i don't speak on on the internet i don't tell those stories because i don't like i don't like talking about it you know and that's my choice but i do use the lessons and the things that i learned from those situations and teach those skills and teach that stuff to my audience, right? So I'm using it, I'm using the dark parts of my life to create content and help other people, but I'm not digging into like telling people, you know, the worst parts of my abusive relationship. I'm not telling people about, you know, my my family and like alcoholism and drug addiction. I'm not talking about those stories. I don't tell those stories publicly, right? But I am, I am taking the lessons that I learned I'm taking the parts that made me me, right? All of the things I learned, all the tools I learned from having to live through that and teaching that stuff to other people. So you can have a big impact without, this is not about like sharing the darkest parts of your life or sharing the hardest parts of your life. It's about helping, right? About helping your audience. How can I serve them? And you can keep things personal. You don't have to tell anybody anything that you're not comfortable with, right? So that's what I'll say about that. I hope that's helpful. But yeah, just, and to start, Start by not sharing, right? And then get as you get more comfortable, you can start sharing more and more. That's kind of how I've done it. Because when I started, like, you know, I didn't even have my picture on my blog when I started, let alone going on camera and talking about depression. Like, you know, that would have been not, I wouldn't have been comfortable with that. But I, as I was on the internet more and more, I got more comfortable telling those stories in an empowering way, speaking in an empowering way, feeling like I could help people, you know, and then I started, okay, are you guys still there? I'm going to do one more question and then I'm going to get off of here because I need to call her back. Um, I'm wondering which email course. Okay, I already answered this in the comments. It's Jennifer Rosskamp's email course. I've been talking about it online all week. I'm sure you guys have heard me talking about it and seen me talking about it on the internet. It's really good. If you have the ultimate bundle, it's in there. And then if you want to purchase it, I have an affiliate link. It's on my shop page at faithmariah.com. I just redid all the resources on there. So if you go to faithmariah.com, there's a, a thing at the top that says favorites. And that is all of the stuff I recommend. So it has like the plugins I use on my blog. It has, 
just anytime I'm using like anything, you know, it has like Trello on there and Google Calendar, like anything I'm time I'm using something in my business, I've just been going in there and updating that. So you guys know what I use because people ask me all the time. So if you want to know what I use and what I recommend, what courses I've taken, I only have links for courses on there that I like really love and really think you guys should take. And then everything else I've taken, obviously, I would never recommend to you. So that's there if you guys need it. I have to call my mom back. I have a, a family situation I have to deal with. If you guys could send some prayers and well wishes, I would very, very much appreciate that. And I love you guys. If you need anything, tag me in the group. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Okay, bye.